On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Let me get the right graphic up on there uh, for our first ever live episode. And uh, if you guys can see us, shoot us a chat because we've never done this before. Um, pretty exciting. I know uh, I have it up on my own phone, but here we go. Looks like we're good to go. Scotty, live reaction episode to the NHL draft lottery. And this is something that we have had a ton of anticipation for. And first reaction, man. Content, I guess, is the word to use. Yeah, I, I think so. We didn't move down. That's the goal, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we were hoping, so in the last four out of the last five years, we, the Red Wings have dropped. Last year was the first year that they didn't. This year they changed again how they were doing it. or that change, It was a change that was going to be implemented this year that they had agreed upon previous years. So to sit tight at eight, I was okay with because, I mean, we said it. we were sitting in the recording studio, not the live studio, while we were watching it together, and we just kept chanting, don't drop, don't drop. Don't drop. And thankfully, Scotty, here we are sitting eighth overall. And honestly, I'm happy with that. I knew that 6% chance to jumping up into the top two was very, very slim. But, man, eighth overall, I'll take it. It's another top 10 draft pick, and we've talked about it. This Red Wings core is so stacked with talent coming up. Of, of course, with the additions of Moritz Sutter and Lucas Raymond this year, you have guys that really broke out this year, like Lucas, uh, not Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, that the core is here to add Simon Edmondson and possibly Jonathan Bergeron next season. And then um, add another top 10 to that pool already. I mean, despite it being eighth and just sitting pretty, it's looking pretty good. Yeah. I mean, and, and we talked about it with, uh, with scouts yesterday with Will and, you know, he reiterated the point that like, this is a draft class that could go a lot of different ways from like four to 10 and there's a lot of interchangeable prospects and it's going to be a big guessing game and it's really going to come down to just who teams like more than anything there's not really a uh definitive you know like value pick like oh like this dude has the most value at like four or eight or whatever like it's it's going to be the, the the talent is pretty evenly distributed it's a very deep draft when it comes to that so uh it I'm I'm pumped. I mean, we didn't move down. That was really the biggest thing. I, I, I didn't really think there was a chance that we were going to move up. Um, the lottery and, and us have never really gotten along. But I'm, I'm just <laughs> this is very... about as getting along as it gets. It's just right, saying yeah. that at eight. I'm, I'm really just very glad that um, that we're that we're still at eight. That that we that we didn't move down. That's like my my biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, we talked to Will Scouch. I mean, the episode came out today, so for those listening, it'd be today's episode. Um, we talked to him last night, however, and you know, he like he said, there's a lot of really good players in that um, eight to ten range that are going to be NHL caliber players that are fairly interchangeable. And I do feel like we got to talk about the fact it's not Red Wings, but just the draft lottery related. The fact that the Devils did jump up to the second overall pick is pretty huge for that organization as well. Um, I do want to let you guys know that. We are going to be interacting with chat today. Uh, we're going to dedicate the whole third segment to answering your guys' questions and replying to your comments. So make sure you stick around. So that final third segment that you guys know uh, is going to be dedicated to you guys and your questions. 
Um, hopefully we get responsible questions looking at my roommates who I'm sure are already in the chat. Um, I haven't looked at it yet, but yeah, the New Jersey devils jumping all the way up to second overall was absolutely it's big for them. It's big for them because you got to think they already have Hughes. They already have he Now you're going to add a Logan Cooley, uh, a Slavoski. I always mispronounce that name, but you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, that's going to be dangerous, Slavkovsky, rather. That's going to be an incre- incredibly talented core. And that Devils team, you know, has been up and down in the rebuild lately. You don't, you think they're about to take a step forward, and they just haven't. They've had injury issues as well. But that Devils team has got a huge, huge, huge boon in that second overall pick and jumping up. feel a little bit bad for the Arizona Coyotes, though, because they were dog crap the majority of this. Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for the... I feel bad for the fans, the 10 of them that, they, that exist. Right. I don't feel bad for the organization. I don't organization, feel bad for ownership. <laughs> yeah, don't feel bad for them at all. Um, no, I, I, I feel things. bad a little bit for that fan base, though. Um, all 10 fans. And the league couldn't be happier. Shane Wright going to Montreal. Oh. I mean, the league is is jumping around and, and doing a dance. Like, that's, that's their best case. Well, maybe not best, best, but that's one of their best case scenarios, so. Yeah, and so Shane Wright going – I mean, also you look at the core that Montreal is going to have too. I mean, you got Cole Caulfield who, once they got Martin St. Louis behind the bench, exploded. I mean, he looked like he did during the postseason last year, in the regular season last year. He, you know, he looked back to where he should be, what he's expected of. And, you know, they're going through a full-fledged rebuild. Well, it gets accelerated a whole of a hell of a lot by having Shane Wright there. I mean, this guy is was granted exceptional status um, to play in the CHL. So, I mean <laughs> – this kid, this kid is something special. So you look at those two teams, those two organizations, you can even lump Arizona in there with, with Slavkovsky. I mean, those three guys, not saying that that's – Shane Wright's like guaranteed number one. Two, two and three could be a surprise. Like you never mm-hmm. know. But based on what we have heard and what we know, like those guys are probably going to be top three picks. Those teams are getting incredibly talented guys. I've seen people refer to Logan Cooley as a franchise player. Yeah, I mean, and and – that's why, you know, like on yesterday's show, we covered a little bit like, oh, like if we did move up to two, you know what I mean? Like that's that's still a, a win as an organization, even though this is really headlined uh, by by right. It's certainly not like a one player draft. And so that, that's why we did take a look at that. And um, I mean, obviously, a, a big, a big, big day for the New Jersey Devils. Um, and even though you don't get Shane Wright. Still get a hell of a player. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, man, I just keep going back. Like, I'm, I'm just so pumped we got eight. Isn't like, it I'm, incredibly and, like, sad? That though? Sounds weird, but like, I, I was convinced we were getting ten. Like, convinced. I was like, yeah, we're moving back as far as we can go. You just know it. Like, it, it's that that dread. Like, get when they got to the twelfth and the eleventh announcement, I was like, ten is coming up, and that's as far down as we can fall. The Red Wings can fall, and I was like, "Just please, don't I thought it was seriously. Fall. I, we watched it together. Like, yeah, I, I thought we were getting ten. I just you got that gut because again, they, with the exception of last year where they stayed, it keeps past, happening. It keeps it kept happening throughout the entire rebuild. They've fallen, they've fallen, and fallen. So the fact that they got eight, and there's a slew of talent, which we're going to talk about in the second segment, like prefer, preferred talents or uh, targets, rather. You know, you got uh, Maki, you got. Uh, Brad Lambert could possibly be there, depending on who you ask, who's, you know, Lambert. Will Scouch is Scouch high is on him. Huge fan um, of Lambert. You got yeah. Connor Geeky, Gauthier, Kemmel, uh, Yorov, and you got a slew of defensemen as well, if you want to continue to shore that up. And we will tell you guys 
who our preferred targets are. Um, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, I'm really going to try hard. Wait, this is a live episode. Can I get the, do I have a Rock Auto graphic? Oh, uh, no, I failed. I didn't have it prepped. Oh, Just really? like in our recorded episodes. There we go. Embarrassing uh, for you. Yeah, Not for I'm me. I'm used to it. Oh, thank you, Scotty. Thank you. Appreciate it. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you ever need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Your computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from the chain store or car dealership? Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find their solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their "How did you hear about us?" box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com. Scotty, did I hear you chuckle? Did I do something? No, we got a comment. That said, at Brian, you're so adorable in that hat. <laughs> oh, I need to see who this is. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is one of our frequent frequent uh, viewers. Thank yes, you. Uh, thank you, Nick. Appreciate yeah, it. Nick, Nick is, Nick's the dog. But, yeah, it's just it maybe maybe chuckle. Oh, segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Uh, everyone got to see me struggle with that ad read. It's, it's been the trend lately. It's been the trend, you know. You get him out cold open just for the people. See how just many the, tries it takes you. I, I I can do without that shame in my life, uh, <laughs> live. So segment two, we're going to talk about preferred targets for the Red Wings at eight, and we talked a lot about that with Will Scouch just uh, today for those listening yesterday when we recorded. And like he said, and like we said in the first segment, there's a lot of interchangeable pieces. Um, Scotty, I don't know if there's anyone out there that stands out to you as would be your preferred target, or like maybe a position that stands out. For sure. I mean, like, it's really hard to not want to, like, kind of peek behind the curtain of, of Brad Lambert after yesterday. Like, I think yeah. it's pretty hard to talk to Will and, and not be really intrigued um, by Lambert. So he's definitely one that uh, kind of jumps off the board. But really, I- I'm I'm pretty okay. <laughs> Close the chat. <laughs> oh, dude. Allison, are we sure Brian knows how to read? <laughs> it's my favorite comment in the history of the show. Um, wow. It's going to be hard to recover from that one. <laughs> I'm a big You're fan saying. of that comment. I'm a big fan of that comment. Um, everything about it. Fantastic. Um, so I am a fan of Brad Lambert, uh, but I think besides that, that the organization focusing, I mean, we've talked about it all year is like center depth is a problem. And so if, if land and like Lambert has played some center, so like that, you know, two birds with one stone, but I think that the biggest thing I'm I'm okay with adding to center depth. I guess that's my biggest thing. Like I'm if if it's not Lambert, somebody else, you know, take the 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 best center that you see fit on the board. It's not a super deep defensive draft in the first round as is anyways. You might as well just get some center depth in there at 8. 
and uh, and and put him in your system and, and try and develop him. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that that's probably the safest, but also like route that just makes the most sense. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like like you said, I'm also curious on Brad Lambert because he's a guy who can be taken anywhere in the top 15. He can be taken from the top five to fall out of the top 10 altogether, depending on who you ask. But just like you, I feel like center is probably the most pressing need right now. I feel like we're really stacked up um, on the defensive core, at least in players coming in. We all know how horrid the def- defense was this past season. Um, but as far as the future, you know, you got... Simon Edvinson, you got William Wallander, you got Albert Johansson. So you got guys on the way. It feels like center depth is really where you, you're lacking that tried and true talent. Like Pew Suter, God bless him. He's not the second line center for this team in the future. Right. And, you know, there's arguments to be made. We are on team Larkin is a top line center, but there's arguments to be made that you get, you know, an even better guy. You could knock Larkin down in the second, second line. We don't have that guy. And I don't think you're going to get a true tried and true top uh, line center. Maybe at seven, eight. I guess you could, you could. I mean, Eiserman got cider at sixth overall, but it's just, I'm looking at it and we need another top six center really badly. Cause I don't know if Valeno has it in him to be a top six forward. He took steps forward this year. And I look For at sure. the guys who are in, you know, in the AHL and in the Swedish leagues and stuff like that. And, you know, Bergeron's showing promise, you know, he broke the rookie record down in the Grand Rapids Griffins, but I would just feel a lot more comfortable if they took another center here, because like I said, with scout yesterday, worst case scenario, yeah, it's just like Michael Rasmussen where he doesn't pan out at center. So you move him to wing and now he's starting to play really well. So it's always easier to transition a guy who was a failed center. And when I say failed, I don't mean like failed, but just that it didn't pan out for him in that position. You can always transition to a wing where they can be effective. Can't do so much vice versa. If you draft a winger. Yeah. And just in general, like, again, like we've talked about it a lot, like this organization needs center depth. It is very much uh, probably from a top to bottom, like if you're looking at every level of the organization, probably the the biggest hole we have is center depth. Like we, we've started to push through some defenders. We got some more defensemen coming up. We, we finally kind of fixed the goalie situation in like two days, like last offseason. Uh, we have lots of wingers, like bodies at least. I'm not sure, you know, everybody's opinion of how well those wingers are going to turn out is subjective. But w- one of the more objective things is just top to bottom, a, a lack of depth at the center position. So I don't really think you can go wrong but by taking a center here. And again, it's not a very deep draft when it comes to defensemen anyway. And there's no first round goalie to worry about. Not that we would be in that market anyway. So I think you just play it safe and, and uh, playing it safe. It almost has like a negative connotation these days, but like, yeah. that's not a bad thing. Like you just go and you, and you take the, your guy who you think the best, uh, you know, forward that, that can give you some center depth is at eight and, and, and you call it a win. Yeah. I mean, the, if you're looking at the defense, the top two top rated uh, defensemen are Simon Nemich and David Yurichak. Those two guys are probably going to be top 10 picks. But again, I don't know if you necessarily need another defenseman. Again, if whatever Eisman picks, I'm going to be okay with. Like last season, Correct. I was like, really? Like I would have probably preferred Ek- Eklund. Edvinson's going to be an NHL talent regardless, so it's fine. You know, we had a fantastic year in the SHL. Eisman won, Brian zero. And then, you know, two years ago, I was I, like everyone. Cider is a reach. Why did you go with Cider? Like that's a little nervous. Like what? that's your start of a tenure. Cider is going to be the Calder, uh, Calder champion, the Calder award winner for rookie of the year this year. So 
Iserman two, Ryan zero. So in the end, like I'm just going to trust what I, whatever Iserman cho- chooses, because in the top 10, I really also don't feel like there is a, a bad choice. And then you also have to look at the opportunity too, the uh, possibility, however slim that maybe you trade out of that number eight pick. Maybe you slide back. I don't know if the, there's anyone outside of the top two that I would trade up for. Like, I don't think moving up is really a need, but I mean, there might be teams that are willing to trade um, up into your position and you trade back. I mean, the Red Wings do have two second round picks and I think three fourth round picks this season. Yeah, uh, a, lot, only, a lot of draft capital. Yeah, the only draft. round they don't have a pick in is round six. But like, if you're trading, you know, if you're trading back, you're getting more assets back. So, I mean, that all, again, that depends on what Eiserman sees in that talent pool in the top 10. And ultimately, you know, people always talk about maybe trading backwards. But I feel as if most GMs, especially in hockey, usually stay pat in that top 10 because you're more than likely to get an NHL caliber talent in that top 10 than outside the top 10. Like once you get outside that top 10, especially that top 20, the talent level and how long their careers are start to start to get anxious, you know, start to get a little rocky. So maybe if you uh, trade back to the teens, you could get quite a haul for that still. I mean, moving up from like 13 to eight is still incredible value. I mean, you get incredible value in return. Again, with with the conversation we had yesterday, even going from like eight to eleven or eight to twelve, you could probably get a a decent return there. And and this isn't an advocacy for like we need to trade back. I'm fine with eight. It's Um, we're talking about the possibility, right? But and and you know the reverse, like doing that and, and then trading up, right? It is, it is. Like that, that would take that take a fat return. You're not getting one. That's just off the table. But but trading up to what three? I don't think you're cracking into the top two. I don't. I don't think. Why Eisner would you ever to, give that up? You I, you're right. I, I don't think that either of the two teams want to, and I don't think that even if they did, that Iserman would would want to get rid of the capital it would take to get in there. But like, so if you're looking at like a up to three or four, again, like with our conversation yesterday, it was pretty eye opening. I'm, I'm not really sure the talent drop off, the talent drop off from two to three or three to four, maybe is a better way to put it is uh, I'm not sure that's greater than the drop off when you get into like where we are picking like the drop off of like seven to eight per se. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a lot of um, the, the talent level seems to be pretty equal once you get into the back part of the top 10. So I'm not really sure trading up makes um, is, is something an avenue that we're going to venture in either. I think we probably just pick at eight. I think that's the most logical thing to do. I mean, I, I go back to what I said here at the beginning of the segment. Uh, the Red Wings have an immense pool of talent right now. And adding another top 10 pick is just purely beneficial to the building process that this team is going under. You know, you have, uh, you know, I already listed off all the players that you have adding another top 10 pick to that only further is to help you in that situation. And you could bring in a new head coach this offseason. You look to spend a little bit of money. This team very next year. I mean, again, it's also very dependent on who you bring in at head coach, but this team next year could take another huge step forward and then also have, a couple years down the line, another, you know, top six forward or top pair defenseman come in right, and make that even better. I mean, that's how you go from, you know, rebuilding team, fringe playoff contender, wild card contender, regular old playoff contender to Stanley Cup contender is not just like 
signing free agents and making big, big trades, which is important to like topping off your team, but having continuous supply of top end talent come in and that you do that by unfortunately, and whether or not you believe tanking is real, but by unfortunately having multiple top 10 picks years in a row so that as the team gets better, you continue to get top 10 picks ready at the NHL level years later. So, I mean, this is just, we are, we, I feel truly do feel like we are on the tail end of this trend. Like I don't, I next year, I don't want us to be in the top 10, but getting one more top 10 pick at, after the team took a step forward, at least in the first, you know, half, two thirds of the season. I mean, I, I can't be more than happy. I can't be happier about that than I am. No, I, I completely agree. I, I think the situation that we're in um, showed promise. Rookies are here. Uh, a lot of people took a big step forward, have our core pretty much all in the uh, pretty much all in, in the show and on top 10 pick top eight pick being added into that. But that's a that's a successful season in uh, in in my eyes, as we've talked about on the show uh, the last week or so. And the one thing that the Red Wings can do to further that excess is uh, go to built.com. I was going to say eat a built bar. I eat was. a built bar. Uh, summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part of, about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com and get all the fla- all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. Dot com. We didn't have a uh, bet online for our we live didn't. show. We didn't. That's a that's a bummer. That was my easy one. Say say raspberry. Ra- raspberry. Yeah. Let's grow up and just say raspberry, dude. Raspberry. That's how it's technically pronounced. Um, just so you guys know, like when we talk about how we don't edit anymore, like you're seeing now, like this is just how we how we record. Yeah. This is just straight up. Pretty us. much it. Straight through. Straight through. Um, segment three of your Wednesday edition is this is the Wednesday episode for you guys as well of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, we're going to open the floor now to the chat, and uh, it's been a doozy. It's uh, it's been a doozy. Well, we I got, think got the some... biggest thing that we need to talk about is um, uh, I believe the name on my end is Bradley Anderson has brought up a plethora of times. Um, that he wants to pretty much tank one more year, trade this pick for a first-round pick next year to double our odds, and is very adamant that we should be going for 1-1 one, one next year, and that should be the plan, and then go all in after that. I so we think... have that conversation, I guess, because that's been, um, that's been the, the most frequent uh, commenter, I guess I'd say. Yeah, and I mean, that's a, that's a... That is definitely a 
it's an avenue that a lot of teams are going to take. That's for it's sure. an avenue that re- certain Red Wings fans take. I mean, obviously, Scotty, you and I have talked about it multiple times, and we're not necessarily saying that our viewpoint is right. It's just the viewpoint that we share that we are we're overtaking. I mean, it's just been a long a long road back to relevancy. The team's not quite there yet. Um, Connor Bedard is you know looking to be a generational talent. We know yeah. this, but to tank next year is going to be incredibly hard especially with what I feel is going to be the next head coach of the Detroit Wings is going to be brought in to win games. So I just don't think that the it's in the cards for the Red Wings to tank. But then again, Ottawa Senators fans have been saying that for years too, and here they are at the bottom of the standings again. So, sure. you know, while I feel like the team's ready to take that next step forward back to relevancy with, you know, the players that they have on this team, I feel like it's going to be hard for them to tank with Cider and Raymond in year two. Larkin and Bertuzzi having near career years for especially Larkin. You bring in, you mix in Simon Edvinson to that fold. You get the defense better because Steve Eisman has hinted at that he's going to try try at least and lure more free agents to uh, Detroit. I don't know if they'll be in the mix uh, for Connor Bedard. Right. Now, the take though, the, the, what he's asking also is maybe trade this pick for a first round next year. I, I Having multiple first round picks is awesome, but I don't think there'd be any team that would package uh, you know, let's say a, a tenth overall, a, and where the Red Wings are next year for a first, overall. right? Because you you would have to get that from a bad team. You would have to you would, you know what I mean. You would have to get that from a team that you can't just get any first round pick. You'd have to get that from a lottery team if you wanted to raise your odds. And I'm not sure any team um, that's in the lottery knowing that that kind of talent is at the top is is going to be like quick to get rid of. Um, you know, what, get, get rid of their pick. But I, I think more importantly, like we've had this conversation on the show before, um, I don't think that the Red Wings are in a position where it's going to be super easy to like tank. Like, again, yeah. Cider is going to take, you know, possibly another step forward than he already had. Raymond, another step forward. We're going to get, you know, hopefully full seasons out of, out of Larkin and Burt. Like Fabry's going to come back from injury. Jacob We're going to get a full season out of Verona for the first time. Like, and and Steve said he wants to bring in new talent on the free agent market. Like, uh, we're going to see like Edvinson probably at some point, even if it's not opening night. Like Bergeron, like it's you know what I mean. Like it's just the roster is going to be better next year. Right. And like we already it's saw, really that- not feasible to like tank next season. Like that, I, I don't think that that's really um, something that's that's. This brings me to another point, too. We did get an awesome comment that says, uh, also from Nick, you can always tell when the Tigers are losing by watching Scotty's face. His pain gives it away. Pain is all I know watching this team. Remember when it, we talked before the season? Tony Kemp just lose? turned into Superman. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's so ridiculous. Um. And so I, I just don't think that it's it's feasible to to tank next season. And I also don't think that any team is going to be super willing to part with their pick if they know that they're going to be at the bottom of the lottery. There's just too many pieces there that that I don't think. And honestly, even all of that aside, I don't think the risk is worth the reward. I don't yeah. think that that for a a at best, what a fifteen percent is that top lotto odds? Like at, at eighteen best, and a half, I think is your best yeah. chance at number one overall. So, so to completely derail another season, and I'm not saying that it's a one player draft or anything, but 
to, to derail your whole next season again and delay being competitive again for a whole nother year for that chance at the top pick. Um, I'm not sure that that is really, um, you know, if we were already in the dumps, sure. But like, I think the direction is trying to climb out of them. Well, I'm then, not sure uh, that's really worth, worth the reward there. Brad, you know, Brad follows up and he says, so what happens? Let's say if in October someone suffers a season ending injury, would that change the, you know, the narrative? Anything's possible. I mean, I think when uh, Eiserman took over, everyone already knew who Bedard was. I mean, people have known who Bedard was for years. They've been calling him the next generational talent for a long yeah, time. Yeah, was like 14. I think, long-term, I think long-term plans was Eiserman was going to try and get Bedard. Um, but, you know, the certain players were ready sooner, and then they outperformed the expectations. So the, the, the plan always changes. You know, I think that with Shane Wright and Bedard and back-to-back drafts, that was the goal. Um, was to shoot for him. But with Cider having a career, uh, a, a Calder year, and then Raymond being NHL ready a year before a- anyone expected, I just don't think it's in the cards for the Red Wings right now. There's a trade deadline for a reason. If, if, we're, if we get off to a really slow start, if the team's really struggling again, then yeah, go um, for it. Then you could tank and you sell off everybody and then you go for it midseason. But I don't think going into opening night, that's going to be the plan. Yeah, and then um, I had another one here from Best Cam N8. If you had the ability to guarantee that one current player or prospect would spend their entire career as a wing, who would you choose? If it's easily Cider, who'd be next? Current player. I, I or think prospect? it is current. I think it is easily Cider. So I think the question is who's next. That's what. Yeah, that's what he said. I don't think it's really close. Um, I, I guess Dylan Larkin. Right. I would, that's what I was gonna say. I, I guess I would go Larkin. Um, I think, I think my answer would be, would be cider one pretty comfortably at that. And then, then I think Dylan would, would be two. I think so. And then like after that, that, then it gets really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, but though, I think those are my top two pretty comfortably. Yeah. yeah I mean, I would hope Raymond, um, I, I don't think Bertuzzi will be honestly, um, I mean, depending on how long his career well, is, but, career, yeah, yeah, his career Even could be short. Extended a couple, you know, career is is it's like, subjective. <laughs> right? There's a lot of people that that you know go and play for Ottawa for a year and before they ride off into the sunset. Like career, careers is is is, uh, is tough. Yeah, and I got a couple of other goofy ones here that I also want to get to because these somebody are asked me how much it would cost for me to eat a whole jar of peanut butter right now. Zero dollars and zero cents. Crunchy I, or creamy? Crunchy. I'm not a crazy person. I like one- texture in my food. I don't like baby food as an adult. I'm sorry I'm grown <laughs> up. Oh, I'm trying to find the one. There was one especially I wanted to get to. Oh, um, how did Ted Lindsay not win the Ted Lindsay award? Um, well, it didn't come about until after Ted Lindsay had retired. So I'm pretty sure that one was in jest though. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of goofy I'm, I'm ones. Pretty feasible. It, it, um, it wasn't just yeah. Brian. Can you go into detail? Every book on your bookshelf right now. Um, hold on. I gotta, I gotta make sure I block my, retirement. no, no, let's let, Hey, Brian, somebody leave a comment and say, Hey, Brian, show us what's on your chair. That's I'll, what I'll I, show I, it. I it's just, <laughs> It is a pile of clean clothes. Every yeah. show, it's behind me, but I position myself perfectly. Um, sure, just yeah. so you guys know who is hosting this podcast. Uh, I got Berserk Volumes, one of the best manga ever. Um, I got Invincible, which is a comic that recently got an a, a, a animated adaptation. 
uh, My Hero Academia, Tokyo Ghoul, and amongst a lot of others. And in the bottom shelves, you can't see them. There's a lot of video games. So, yeah, I got, I got nerd stuff down there. Here you yeah, go. There's your answer. Nerd. I'm a huge nerd. Um, we love them. Let's him. see. Let's go, Wings. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Appreciate oh, we love you, too. It's nice seeing, like, too, like, in this chat, all the people who are, like, our everyday commenters on our, like, yeah, Nick. Cool. Nick, we see you every day. Like, keep, keep Stay up. frosty. Stay frosty, yeah. Stay frosty. <laughs> um, let's see. Brad, thanks as always, man. Appreciate uh, you guys, you know, giving us feedback. I almost said feeding back. And I was like, that's not how you say it. That's not how you say it. Yeah, see, cool. any other comments we want to get to? Uh, no, I am not going to challenge Scotty to a twerk competition. <laughs> yeah, because you would get eaten alive. I would destroy you. you our boys, thick over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that about does it. I think I got to most of the most of them. So yeah, I, think, I think those are all the ones that I, I had pinpointed for as far as um, yeah, especially ones. the twerk competition one. Well, I was more thinking the ones directed about the wings, but yeah. Uh, let's see here. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Uh, now make your second listen. N- Lockdown NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Scotty, you got any final thoughts, man? I don't think so. We ball, baby. We absolutely ball. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. A Thursday episode, because again, this is your Wednesday episode. Um, we might talk a little bit of Barry Trotz. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what's in store. Uh, same time, same place, your team, every day. Every day. <laughs>